All right, take your Bibles tonight. Let's go to the book of Ecclesiastes. Our founding pastor, H. Wayne Williams, has gone home to be with the Lord. We mourn our loss, but we rejoice in His gain. He's the blessed one tonight. Just consider He's rejoicing in the presence of the Lord. (laughs) His faith has now been made sight. I don't think preacher would want all this attention on him. But I'm going to trust that he's too distracted (laughs) to come back and haunt like he threatened to do. Uh, There's a lot we could say about our preacher. We'll have some more time for that when we meet again Sunday night. Um, and of course, his funeral Monday, but I don't want you to take this tonight as some kind of quasi-memorial service. It's not. But I do want to pause from our normal rhythm, and I just want to give us something to think about as we mourn the loss of our Moses, if you will. And we'll do so by considering just a couple of passages here out of the book of Ecclesiastes. We'll begin in chapter 1. And I'll try to be brief. Verses 1 through 4, the Bible says, The words of the preacher, the son of David, king in Jerusalem. Vanity of vanities, saith the preacher. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. What profit hath a man of all his labor which he hath taken under the sun? One generation passeth away, and another generation cometh but the earth abideth forever. We're not doing a series through this book, so I'm not going to introduce a whole lot like I normally would. We're just going to make some applications here. But a little bit of background. We know Solomon is the penman of this book. He was a man noted for his wisdom. It has been said that the book of Job was given to show a righteous man he was a sinner. And the book of Ecclesiastes was given to show a wise man he was a fool. If you want to understand the book of Ecclesiastes, you got to understand the phrase under the sun. And when you read through here, the emphasis in what we read, it's it's not in what awaits us in glory, but it's what happens under the sun here on this earth. And this is all from man's point of view. The, the perspective of the book is what man is apart from God. And it's not good. It's not a pretty picture. Because without Christ, mankind is left unsatisfied. In fact, we see in verse 2, all is vanity. Or it's all emptiness. Psalm 39, verses 4 and 5, Solomon's dad, David, said, Lord, make me to know mine end the measure of my days, what it is, that I may know how frail I am. Behold, Thou hast made my days as a handbreadth, and mine age is as nothing before Thee. Verily, every man at his best state is altogether vanity. David understood we're nothing without God. We're frail. Our time is short. The best of men without God is altogether vanity. Verse 4 here in chapter 1 says, One generation passeth away, and another generation cometh. 
but the earth abideth forever. Through the cycles of births, deaths, more births, humanity continues upon the earth under the sun. But the earth, it just keeps going as it was created, with or without us. Some people may think the world revolves around them. But when they pass away, the earth is still revolving. Man's only temporary. We are transitory. And for those of us in Christ, we know this world is not our home. We're just passing through. We're strangers and pilgrims. We have one eye toward that heavenly country and that eternal city. Now our church is in the midst of a generational passing. Another generation will come on the scene more fully. The second generation is already having kids. And one day that generation will take over for the second generation. And the cycle will just continue. It goes on and on. And it is this thought of the cycle of life just continuing, it almost depresses Solomon to see that all of his work under the sun, it's only temporal. All of his labors were only temporal. And and as we move into chapter 2, if you will eventually let your eye fall there on verse 10, we'll be there shortly. We we move into chapter 2, Solomon is taking inventory of his life, of all that he he had done and accomplished, and he built all of his labors. And, and in verse 10, we, we find that Solomon, his heart rejoiced in all of his labor. Pastor Williams and Mrs. Williams, at least pastor, I can't remember for sure if he was with her yet, but pastor arrived here August 1979, according to the history on our website. I, I might have to verify some of this, but we know this. On November 15, 1979, Liberty Baptist Tabernacle was birthed. And the birth of a church takes labor. Galatians 4.19, My little children of whom I travail in birth again until Christ be formed in you. What some may not know tonight is that Pastor Williams and Mrs. Williams left behind a great church in Kenosha, Wisconsin. They had great living arrangements. They could have comfortably lived there the rest of their life doing the Lord's ministry there, but God began to work in preacher's heart. God began dealing with him about coming to the Black Hills of South Dakota to plant an independent Baptist church here in Rapid City. And this church body, it became pastor's labor. His heart rejoiced in all of his labor here. He and his family, they sacrificed here. There's many examples we could get into, and we don't have time, but just living in the basement, taking sponge baths. But in all their sacrifice, this labor of theirs, it was their joy. The end of verse 10 here, it says, And this was my portion of all my labor. This church, it was the portion of Pastor Williams' labor. 
he and his family didn't enjoy great riches. But his portion under the sun was this flock. His heart was in it. The foundation of Liberty Baptist Tabernacle, of course, is Christ. But embedded in that work is the heart of Pastor Williams and his family. And he loved his work. All the ups and downs of ministry, he enjoyed his labor and his heart was here. David Livingstone was a missionary to the heart of Africa. In the 1800s, he gave his heart to his work, to the people of Africa. And when he died, the people he ministered to cut his heart out and buried his heart in Africa. They sent his body back to London to be buried. He wanted, he, David Livingstone wanted his heart buried amongst the people that he labored with. He labored for where he invested himself. Now don't worry, we're not cutting out pastor's heart. (laughs) I think that would be pretty cool, but uh, that might be a little too much this day and age. But understand, pastor's heart is here. Not the building. Here. The people. That's where his heart That's where his heart was. It's buried here. It's buried in this people. When people come into our church, we obviously want them to sense the Holy Spirit's presence. And I don't think I'd be out of line to suggest that when they do, it's because of a man who cultivated that kind of atmosphere here. And in that sense, we have all become partakers of Pastor Williams' labors and his walk with God. We are all the beneficiaries tonight of his obedience to God's call, even if you didn't know him or not. We're benefiting from those labors. We are benefiting from Jeannie who submitted to her husband and was a helpmeet to him in the ministry. We're benefiting from the children that supported their parents in the ministry. And we're still blessed to have Jeannie and Karen with us. We're blessed to still have two charter families with us. The Lunds who are here tonight and the Max who might be here, I don't know yet. There's Russ. We're, We're still blessed to have these with us. And along with our founding members, we are we're blessed to have several who have been here for 40 years, 30 years, over 20 years. Those who stood with Preacher as he stood with the Lord. Those who made this church what it is today. We are a blessed people tonight thanks to their labors. Liberty Baptist Tabernacle has stood for 42 years, 4 months, and 1 week. As a lighthouse for many that passed through our area, both in the military and the civilian sectors. Did you know many churches have come and gone during that time? But God has seen fit to keep this church body alive. I would, I would argue not just alive, but thriving. Now what are we to attribute to this fact? Certainly it's due to our Lord Jesus Christ. 
but I believe the Lord saw the heart of our founding pastor was what his heart was laboring to develop in us. This is why I can make phone calls on Wednesday and Adrian can make phone calls on Wednesday and we could say, Pastor Williams has gone home to be with the Lord and everybody would say, praise God. He directed our attention to the Lord. He, he taught us how to glorify the Lord and honor the Lord. But here in chapter 2, I want you to look at verses 18 through 21 as I give us a charge tonight. Yea, I hated all my labor which I had taken under the sun, because I should leave it unto the man that shall be after me. And who knoweth, and who knoweth whether he shall be a wise man or a fool? Yet shall he have rule over all my labor wherein I have labored, and wherein I have showed myself wise under the sun. This is also vanity. Therefore I went about to cause my heart to despair of all the labor which I took under the sun, there is a man whose labor is in wisdom and in knowledge and in equity. Yet to a man that hath not labored therein shall he leave it for his portion. This also is vanity and a great evil. I've already established there's no question that Pastor Williams has labored here. Through the Lord's working in his life, he built a ministry here. We understand this is the Lord's church. So don't misunderstand me. Christ bled for it. He died for it. But God uses men to accomplish His work upon the earth. He uses people. And God used Pastor Williams in establishing Liberty Baptist Tabernacle. If you'll notice in verse 21, for there is a man whose labor is in wisdom and in knowledge and in equity. And our founding pastor was that man. He labored in wisdom, knowledge, equity, or that which is good and right, that which is advantages us. I remember Pastor William saying once, I purpose to labor in the Word of God. And it certainly showed. No one could feed a flock like Pastor Williams. He was wise in the Scriptures, knowledgeable in the needs of a church body, and equitable in his judgments and counsels. And when a man carves out a work under the sun, someone else has to pick that work up. And, and there was much labor, there were many sacrifices, and, and this knowledge, as Solomon is, is pinning this down, the, the knowledge of this causes him to lament the fact that someone else was taking over his labors. And he writes in verse 18, because I should leave it unto the man that shall be after me. This is just how life continues on. One generation passeth away, another generation cometh. And it has to be this way. It's unavoidable. And we see in verse 19 that generational transitions are filled with unknowns. He writes, who knoweth whether he shall be a wise man or a fool? Yet shall he have rule over all my labor wherein I have labored, and wherein I have showed myself wise under the sun. Someone comes after, but the one who labored to establish it and leaves it behind doesn't live long enough to see what becomes of it. Generational transitions are not only filled with 
unknowns, but they are also a dangerous time for a church body. Because who knows? Who knows whether the generation to come is going to be wise or if they're going to be a bunch of fools. My generation has been given rule over another man's labors. Do you hear me tonight? Over another generation's labors. And to the third generation in here tonight, which is growing up, our teens, our children, you one day will take over the labors of the second generation. If our Lord tarries. Here's the question we have to answer tonight. And and really our actions in the years to come, they'll reveal the real answer. Will we be wise or will we be foolish? What kind of people did Pastor Williams pass all of his labors onto? Are we going to appreciate it? Are we going to make good use of it? Who knoweth whether he shall be a wise man or a fool? People have left vast amounts of monies to biblical organizations, at least as they were in their lifetime, maybe so church. And in the years to come, the generations to come, those organizations and churches departed from the fundamentals. And in some cases, they're, they're no longer even in existence. Who knoweth whether he be a wise man or a fool? Pastors have left their labors to the next pastor and everything has fallen apart. Many churches which once stood for something in this land, they're no more. Solomon put all this effort into his kingdom. He labored, he worked, and just to turn it all over to his son, Rehoboam, when Solomon passed away, and Solomon's son was a fool, and he squandered it all. And pastor put all this effort into Liberty Baptist Tabernacle. He worked, he labored, just to have to turn it over to somebody else. The next generation, when he passed off the scene. So, how do we honor our founder? We have to take up his labors and continue them forward. Our church is currently living through the generational shift spoken of in Ecclesiastes 1.4. We're witnessing it. Our foundation has been laid by the labors of of preacher who went before us, and now it's up to us to decide what is it are we going to do, what are we going to do with those labors that we now have been given. We see in the middle of verse 21, yet to a man that hath not labored therein shall he leave it for his portion. Just let that sink in. If if we didn't understand the spiritual aspect of what is above the sun, it would would almost be too heartbreaking to consider this tonight under the sun. And and as you consider this, you know, verse 21, it ends this way. This is also vanity and a great evil. It's empty. It's a great distress because there's so much unknown. How is the next generation going to steward what they have received? Remember, this flock was Pastor William's portion under the sun. He wasn't a businessman. He didn't own a business. He, this is what he did. This was his labor. Now, what are we going to do with the portion 
that we have been entrusted with which we never labored to establish. I wasn't here when the church began. Some were. Somebody else labored and yet here we are getting possession of it. What are we going to do? We have been given a solid doctrinal foundation. The doctrinal foundation has been given to our generation from the previous generation which they received from those before them. And of course, this foundation that we have is based upon the Scriptures. What are we going to do with that wisdom, that knowledge, that equity? Will we be wise or foolish? We've been given an academy. For the majority of us in our church, we've been handed something we didn't labor to establish. We didn't fight for academic freedom here in the state like Pastor Williams did. We didn't go to peer and draw up legislation. What, what are we going to do with our academy? Will we be wise or fools? We've been given a print press. I'd venture to say over half of our church wasn't around when that press was acquired. Maybe more. We didn't see the faith and the labor which made our press ministry a reality. What are we going to do with that press ministry? Will we be wise or foolish? We've been given a bus ministry. Godly music. Sunday school ministry. We, we, we have a godly heritage tonight. Do you hear me? We, what are we going to do with it all? Will we be found faithful? I've said since day one that I became pastor, nothing needs to change. 1 Corinthians 4, 1 and 2, let a, let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that a man be found faithful. Verse 19 here in our text, it says, we have been given rule over pastor's labors in relation to this church body which he labored in, which he showed himself wise under the sun. Now, we can take pastor's portion and his labors, and we can steward it, and we can be found faithful. Or we can do like Rehoboam, we can be foolish, and we can squander it all. In the span of one generation, this church can be no more. Ronald Reagan, our 40th president, said, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it to our children in the bloodstream. It must be fought for, protected, and handed on for them to do the same. Amen. And likewise, this church, it's never more than one generation away from being extinct. We, we can't pass righteousness and holiness down through our bloodstream. We plead the precious blood of Christ. And, and what, we, what we have received, we must fight for. We, we have to fight for it, and we have to protect it, and then we have to be ready to hand it off to the next generation that's coming. And pastor's labors under the sun will only continue under the sun if we decide to pick up where he left off. We cannot allow this church to fail on our watch. Let's remember the labors of those who went before us in the past. Let's acknowledge the labors that we have inherited presently. And then, let's labor to keep it going into the future. 
And as we do, let's keep one eye towards our heavenly country where our Savior will come one day. It's where our eternal inheritance lies. We, we must continue Pastor Williams' work which he labored. Let us labor under the sun for the day when there is no need for sun. Let's labor because there's a city which is eternal. God, His glory and the Lamb are the light thereof. What a day that will be. May we be found faithful in these last days. Jesus asked in Luke 18.8, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall He find faith on the earth? Jesus said in Luke 19.13, Occupy till I come. May we never lose sight of our founding. Let's take up pastor's labors. It is now our portion in this life. Let's take up those labors. He taught us to labor. Now let's keep laboring for our Lord. Would you pray with me please?